0: chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table, They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. And to Mishael, Meshach. and, uh, And to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Now God had caused the official to show favour and compassion to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I am afraid of, the, of, my, of my lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other men of your age? The king would, ha- would then have my head because of you. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the other young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine and they were to drink, uh, that they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus.
1: Morning everybody, Morning. I was just thinking as we were reading, I didn't get uh, think this earlier, there clearly was no vegetable shortage in Babylonia, was there? No fighting in the supermarkets there by the looks of it. Uh, it's great to have you with us, uh, my name is Tim Chilvers, joy to have you. If you're here for the first time, a uh, particular joy to have you here. Uh, if you've got Bibles, do keep that open in front of you, but don't worry if not, we'll show various different bits uh, on the screen. Well as we jump in, I wonder if you've ever thought you are unique and not only are you unique your circumstances are unique no one else in all of history or in the future will have the relationships that you have in the environment that you are in the place that you are your world your circumstances your friendships your family environment you are unique in every sense of the word and so here's the question What are you gonna do with that opportunity that you and you alone have in your world? So today we begin a new series called Homeless. All about the fact that whether we feel it or not, we are homeless people. If you were here at Christmas, you may remember that we looked at this word. It's a German word, a word that doesn't feature in English and there's no direct translation equivalent, Seinsucht literally means longing. Not the kind of longing I long for a coffee or I long to go to the beach or I long for some lovely weather, but a deep inner longing, existential ache that has resonance of homesickness, that feeling of missing home. Being not settled now, restless, longing, not feeling at home. And in this series, we're going to be thinking and reflecting about how many of us don't feel at home in our lives. Now, of course, what we don't mean is a house. Many of us have houses or homes that we live in. Of course, some of us don't. But we're not talking about houses or physical buildings. We're talking about the sort of place where we feel we can really be ourselves, that we don't have to pretend we don't have to wear a mask, home. The sort of place where we are accepted for who we are whilst knowing we are not what we could be. Home is a place of complete embrace and welcome. It's a place where we feel and we know we belong. A place where we just know how it all works, where everything goes, how it all fits together. It's a place of utter intimacy, where we can drop our guard completely. Home. As one travel writer who spends her time travelling the world writes, Home, I've come to realise, is more of a feeling. I seem to find home in the moments when I can breathe deeply and easily in the moments where my heart feels, in the moments where my restless energy is put to rest. Home is the places where I can laugh or cry or go completely insane and still feel like I've got a place at the table. Home can be found miles away from those that I love in a phone call that makes me feel like I'm right there with them. Home. And a good illustration of that is this place. Anyone know this? Probably you don't. This is a place in Belgium. It's the town of Hale. I think I've pronounced it right. My Flemish isn't brilliant. This town is fantastic for one reason. I'm sure there's lots of good reasons. But one major reason is that for 700 years, this town has been a place of welcome, a place of home, for people who travel from all over with mental health challenges. By 1930, a quarter of the residents of this town struggle with mental health challenges. What happens is other families welcome them into their home to live with them in their home to give them a home. As one commentator writing about this said, instead of finding it a burden, the family said they find it just normal. This is part of life. They accept them as they are. The truth is, many of us don't feel at home right now. Some of us feel that we just don't fit in at work. We're not like everybody else, we have the different ideas or different agendas or different ambitions, we don't fit. Some of us feel we don't fit in our families. Some of us in our friendship groups, we feel the odd one out, we don't feel at home there even though they're our mates. Some of us feel odd in other areas of life. Some of us don't feel at home where we actually live. It's a house, but not a home. Some of us, if we're honest, don't feel at home in our bodies anymore. They don't work like they used to, or as they should. Some of us don't feel at home in our minds. Some of us don't feel at home in the relationships we have. We can't be ourselves. Some of us don't feel at home at church. Some of us don't feel at home at work. All around, different ideas, longing for something, something different, something more. We're restless, we can't settle, we don't feel at home. As one author writes, we are all exiles, always longing for home. We're always traveling, never arriving. The houses and families we actually inhabit are only inns along the way, but they aren't home. Home continues to evade us. Well, that's what this series is about, being homeless. And in it, we have a guide, the book of Daniel. Because Daniel wasn't at home. He just wasn't. Beginning of the chapter one, the very introduction of the story, disaster happens. Babylon, the superpower of the day, invades Judah and Jerusalem, taking lots of people out of home, out of Jerusalem into Babylon, away from home. Not only that, he doesn't take just stuff, he takes people with him, including uh, many, many people like Daniel, who's brought away from home into the royal courts. And it's a biblical pattern. Time and time again in the Bible, people being taken from their home and wandering restlessly. So Adam and Eve, way back when, at the beginning of creation, they're kicked out of home, so out of the garden. Their son Cain is restlessly wandering. Jacob cheats and therefore has to flee out of home. Joseph gets removed from home into Egypt and then his family gets taken from their home into Egypt because they have no food. King David is forced to flee out restlessly. He can't be at home because of fear of his life and then of course the whole of God's people taken from home. If you feel homeless, you're not alone. It's a biblical common story. But in case you're thinking right now, Tim, this sounds a bit kind of weird. I feel very much at home, thanks. Got a nice house, very comfortable in my job. Relationships are fine, I feel at home. Well, if you're a follower of Jesus, can I encourage you that you're not at home there? In the New Testament, we read these words. Our citizenship is in heaven, not here. And as Peter writes, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, live such good lives that people see your good deeds and glorify God. Which, by the way, if we're wondering how to navigate what's going on with the refugees and all around the world, how can we not look after them and care for them if we ourselves are foreigners and exiles? So we're homeless, according to the New Testament. Well, we're not actually homeless, but our home is not here C.S. Lewis famously said, If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Daniel wasn't at home, so how did he live? And if we're not at home, how then shall we live now? What kind of lives should we be living? What should we do? What kind of things should we spend our time? What heart attitudes should we have whilst we long for home? Well, one option, of course, is to keep on longing. And that was certainly true for me. I remember when I left my home, first of all, Uh, After university, I left to move to a new job in London. I was excited after all. London, baby. And I'd got involved in an organization that was the organization I dreamed of working for. And I was excited in this new city with this new opportunity in this organization I love to work for. I was excited, frankly, if I can be really honest, about the potential because there were lots of people and lots of people my age and lots of girls and all of this. There was new opportunities. And all that I'd ever dreamed of was there in my hands. The things I'd prayed long for. And in my heart, I was more restless Than ever longing longing and that's a familiar feeling that many of us today have we're constantly jumping from place to place workplace to workplace relationship to relationship uh, attitude to attitude longing for somewhere we find home thinking that we'll find it somewhere else or in someone else as the author of a book called A Sense of Direction, where he and his friend Tom went traveling around the globe to try and find meaning in life, said these words. Tom and I held in common the hope that there might be a geographic ticket out of the problems of indecision, boredom, and the suspicion that more interesting things were happening in more fashionable places to more attractive people. This is a deep, deep issue for many of us. Well the key thing for Daniel is of course what did he do when he was away from home he made a home he settled down there look at this right at the beginning look what happens the king orders the chief of his courts to bring them into the service and look what they do he was to teach them the language and the literature of the babylonians so they learned to learn the lingo to know how to fit in to learn the culture of the day Not only that, they're given new names. So not only do they fit in with the culture, not only do they learn the language, they're now given new names so that the very identity of who they are fits in in this place that's no longer home, that's not home. And not only that, do you see this? In every matter of wisdom, verse 20, and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and enchanters in the whole kingdom amazingly these people who are not at home there were more at home than the people whose home it really was because they chose to settle in and put their attention to learning, settling and really doing what God had called them to do and I love this bit just in chapter 3 you know the story where where three of them are put in this blazing furnace and you see this little, little word which I think is just lovely chapter 3 These men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. See the word there? Turban. So not only did they learn the language of the culture, not only did they immerse themselves in the culture, not only did they have their names changed for the culture, not only were they more at home in that culture than the people whose home it was, they even dressed like that culture. In other words... When they were away from home, they made it their home. Now why is that important? Well I think it's important because for many of us, we spend our time restlessly longing and searching and we never find what we're longing and searching for. And maybe, just maybe, we need to settle a bit. As Jeremiah says in Jeremiah chapter 29, God says through the prophet Jeremiah, let me read these words. He tells God's people, this is what the Lord Almighty says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, which includes Daniel and his mates. What are they called to do? Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. And he goes on and says marry and so on and then verse seven, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So for those of us who don't feel at home in any of those circumstances, maybe, just maybe, God is calling us to think differently about those. Why? Because there's a real risk. Don't miss what God has in store for you now because of what God might have in store for the future. If you're anything like me, we can spend so much time dreaming of what may be and never root down. Never settle down and miss what is now. Daniel wasn't at home and yet made a home. What might that look like for us? Well, in truth, some of us have this restless longing in our relationships. I love this illustration by a French illustrator, Marion think It's a very profound and very powerful little illustration of a woman who draws this picture of her ideal man. She even gives him a bunch of flowers and goes to kiss her ideal man. And then, of course, behind the ideal man, the real man appears. And soon the ideal man is in tatters and she's disappointed because this ideal man is nothing like the man she has in front of her. And many of us in our relationships look wistfully for other. If only, if only, if only. And so some of us hop from relationship, 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 thinking that there eventually we will find home or others of us committed in a relationship, deep down just wistfully wonder and wish. We miss what is now, because of what could be, or what we hoped would be. It's not just our relationships, is it? Technology, some of us. I love this photo. You may have seen it, doing the rounds on Twitter. It's a brilliant. This is on a marathon, at the kind of the end of the marathon. Loads of people with their photo, phones out, taking photos. And I love this old lady at the front, just soaking it all in. And some of us, if we're honest, can be so immersed in technology on our phones, whatever it is, that we miss what's now. That we, we're not present where we are. We're actually out there or some of us if we're honest we use kind of the internet or whatever to always be searching for other things new places to visit new new job opportunities new houses on right move whatever it may be and never settling with what we have because of a longing for more maybe some of us frankly just a bit like this That actually, the thing we're most longing for is right in front of us, but we just need to think and turn around and look differently. And can I say, as I was preparing for this, my hunch is that a lot of this impacts us at different stages of life. And that those key kind of moments in life, for some of us when we first leave our the home we grew up in. For others of us when we first commit to a relationship, For others of us, when we first have children. For others of us, when we get our first job. For others of us, when the children first leave home. For others of us, when we enter retirement. And there's a longing, a restlessness at that time of what could be. And yet maybe in that, maybe just maybe like Daniel, we're being called to just settle down and immerse where we are. Because maybe, just maybe, there are opportunities right where you are. So how do we live in that, if that's us? How do we find that place called home? Well, the first thing I think is we commit. Daniel committed. He had no choice in it, but he still knuckled down and got on with it, didn't he? Uh, We live in a Facebook generation, don't we, where we've got yes, no, and maybe to every invitation. And the maybe's always way outweigh the yes and no's. And of course, all of us in our lives are a bit like that. We're always maybe. Will you come along? I maybe unless I get a better option. And some of us are even terrified of choosing things in case that narrows down our options from this one over here. And therefore, we may miss what God has because we're crippled by uncertainty. Commit, knuckle down, settle in, says Jeremiah to, his, to God's people. Or the second thing, the way we might find home, even though when we don't have a home, well, Daniel embraced the culture he was in. Do you see that? With the language, even a new name, even the dress code. You may not believe it, but when I was at university, I was quite a clubber into clubbing. I know looking at me now, you think, what, that must have been a long time ago. But I was, and I had a mate at university who said to me once, Tim, I have never met a Christian who ever went to the parties I go to. Isn't that a shame? That actually his culture, he'd never aged 25 met a Christian that went to those parties. Daniel engaged in the culture that he was immersed in. The third aspect, how do we find a place called home, is enjoying the good things without compromising. Do you see that from Daniel? He doesn't compromise, though. He resolves not to drink the wine and the food of that particular uh, culture that would, of course, have been sacrificed to idols and all that. So we enjoy the good things, but don't compromise on those things that we know aren't great. And then finally, do you see that? Daniel embraced the opportunities that now... Had for him. Let me read again. The king found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. Friends, there are opportunities that you have right now that you will never ever have again. And God has something for you right now that you may never ever have again. And with our wistful longing for other, we may miss what is now. So may we be a people who, yes, whilst we live away from home, and if we're followers of Jesus, because Jesus died and then rose again, guaranteeing that eternity for us, that eternal home, we have a home. And because of that, it changes how we view life now, that we may truly be people who root in and make home even whilst we're away from home.